Amen. You may be seated, and you may take off your masks. All right. You really got to brush your teeth in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Woo! That is, that's pungent. All right. It's so good to be here. I'm seeing real people. Woo! Not that, like, yes, yeah. I mean, Jordan and Jill were real, but, you know, it's good to be together. I miss everyone. I miss seeing you guys. Uh, for those who are joining on our new YouTube live platform, thanks for being here all together. Uh, it's such a strange time, but I'm very excited. Guests, I'm so excited you're here. Um, I, I, I got, I'm really happy right now. If those who are in the room, you can see something new on the stage, okay? This is a brand new pulpit. This is a brand new pulpit by our own very own uh, skillful, skillful, uh, James Lalonde. He built this pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. Master craft. I love it. Uh, I'm very excited to be here with you. We're starting a new series today uh, called Victorious God, Winning in the Unseen Realm. Uh, let me just say on this topic, man, I got so much joy in me. Um, on this topic, this has been one topic in my life that has been coming alive very personal in the last year, uh, very real, not only in my pastoral ministry uh, times with people, am I seeing spiritual conflict come up a lot more, uh, but also just in, even in my time in the Word, like you know when you're uh, studying a passage and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is sticking out to me a lot more than it has uh, before, well, in my times with Jesus, he's been sharing things with me. When we went through the spiritual gifts series as a church, I don't know if some of you were there and remember, one of the gifts the Lord just showed me that I have is a gift of, of discernment of spirits. And so this is a gift where you can see uh, really in the unseen realm is what's going on. Is this, is this source just, you know, emotional, mental, or is there a spiritual component to it? And so the Lord has now been showing me in a lot of places in people's lives real spiritual conflict. Um, I also had last February uh, an experience personally of deliverance from evil spirits, and I'm going to share that next week. Uh, and so I'm, I am so fired up to share with you uh, and the shore what God's been doing because it's really been changing my life, what the Bible says about this topic, how God is victorious. But I would say the main reason I'm fired up is because I really believe that Jesus wants his church to know this topic really, really well and be active with him in it. In fact, it this area in the unseen realm uh, is the area that Jesus began to address the moment he got here. Like the moment Jesus shows up, it's amazing. Right after his baptism, I don't know if you remember this, but after his baptism and the Father declares, this is my son with whom I love, and the Spirit just descends on him for ministry. What's the first thing he does is he goes eyeball to eyeball uh, with a power encounter with Satan, right? He, and he wins, and if you read in Luke chapter 10, for example, one of the things uh, Jesus says he did when he got here was he bound the strong man. Do you guys remember that and reading that in Luke 10? He bound the strong man. That's Satan in his own house, which is our world. So let me explain this as we get into a topic about winning in the unseen realm. Um, when since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, humanity has been under the evil dominion of Satan. 
I'll give you a few passages. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul calls Satan the God of this world. And Jesus in John 12 says, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And so God is the creator. He owns everything, but in God's allowance and sovereignty after our sin, he has given dominion and authority over to Satan and demons. He even calls, again, the God of this world the enemy. But now here's what happened. The point is, when Jesus arrived, he arrived with this new, unstoppable, unbeatable reign. When Jesus arrived, he entered and invaded the kingdom and the darkness of this world to transfer us into the kingdom of the light. And so, what's the one phrase that Jesus says all the time when he comes and does healing, does teaching, does casting out demons? He says, now the kingdom of God is upon you. Remember that? He always says that. Where I come, the kingdom of God is upon you. In one place in Luke 11, he says this, but if it's by the finger of God that I cast out demons then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so let me just say, this is the worldview of God. Even his best friend John, as he's writing the letter in 1 John, looking back at the ministry of Jesus, he characterizes it this way in 1 John 3, and this will be on the screen. He says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This is why he came. This is our victorious God. Colossians 2 puts it this way. And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive. Like God did this. Victorious God. God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our sins, all our trespasses. By how? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. We deserve what we've done. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And verse 15, demons hate this verse. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities. He disarmed them and he put them to open shame by what? What's our word? Triumphing. Woo! By triumphing over them in him. And so this is where we're going to start. Victorious God. Now let me begin. I don't know what your experience is with spiritual warfare, whatever words you guys want to use, conflict, um, unseen round battles, struggles, but I really believe Jesus wants to begin showing you more, those who are here and those who are watching, and if you're listening, because this is really specifically happening for us, and as a church, I believe he wants to wake us up to engage and win where much of the battle is really taking place. That I really believe we're in a season in our lives, in our culture, in our church, that this is really, really timely, where Jesus wants to um, awaken awareness and introduce us in greater ways to a worldview of spiritual conflict and what Jesus did about it and what he calls us and gives us authority to do about it as well. We are called, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, to engage it. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to dive deeper. Today we're going to just introduce the topic of spiritual conflict in the unseen realm. And then for the next four weeks, we're going to just go through Ephesians 6 and look at the armor of God and what we do and how we engage and what we're called to, to win, win. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going. But here's what I want, you, here's what I want to say to you as we start. Um, I would like for you, this is going to sound a little strange because we haven't done it this way before, but I, 
I don't think a sermon of just teaching content is going to be really helpful on this topic. Satan and demons are very deceitful. They're very tricky. They know your lives. They're really, really real. They watch us all the time. They have commanders above them. There's just so much in the spiritual realm that I can't just teach. A lot of this is experiential. And so, I, as a pastor, want to be really helpful in this series. I don't just want to teach. Uh, I want to help us free, help us in our battle. So here's, here's what we're going to do in this time together. I want you to pay attention during the sermon, um, and I want you to write down anything that comes to mind. And so if there's a question that comes to mind while you're listening to me, if even, even strange things, if you hear like a blasphemous thought towards me, or you hear or any kind of like strange thing, or all of a sudden God brings a memory to mind. Let's say you, you remember I was seven years old and I had this weird, strange visitation at night. Whatever comes to mind during this series, I want you to write it down. And so if you're watching on YouTube Live, if you have any questions that come during this sermon, write them down. Because I think that you will be more served as a church during the ministry time we have and Q&A, and I think God wants to actually engage in your spiritual realm during this series. It's not like you're in a classroom. We're a church. It's not like we're in a seminary. So I don't want you to feel, even though I got, you know, a really nice new pulpit, and like we're so used to kind of watching, engaging, learning content, and then going home, uh, I want you to go, no, where is this happening in my life? And I want God to show you where it's happening in your family's life, where it's happening in your friend's life. Because here's the truth, sure, this is really, really real, and it's really, really happening. All right, so with that, let's start. Open your Bible, because everything's, that's what we do at the shore, we open our Bibles. So open your Bible, we want to meet with Jesus. This will be in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 10 to 20. We're going to look at only a few verses today. Um, very excited. We're going to be anchoring in these verses our whole time. Let me pray, and then we'll begin. All right, Jesus, I love you. I thank you that you're really here and that you really want friendship with us. And I thank you that in our friendship with you, you love to show us lies that are not from you. You love to show us where we maybe misinterpreted past trauma you love to show us areas in which we have a real enemy who's trying to aggravate or influence us. And because you're such a good friend, uh, you are going to do that, I know, today. And you're going to do that this whole series. And we thank you that we're doing it with a victorious God. Uh, we thank you that it's the armor. It's not our armor. It's not uh, character armor. It's actually God's armor. This is your armor we're to put on. And I just pray as we go into this series, God, you would, you would bring to mind. You would stir up, uh, in a sense, the suitcase of our souls. You would show us where the war is taking place, and then you would show us and bring the body of Christ together to, to win this war. We live in a spiritual, saturated city that is filled with demonic principalities, and may we be awakened as the shore to engage where you're calling us to engage. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you would now silence and mute all demonic spirits that would want to confuse. This sermon would want to uh, make me hear what I'm not really saying. I just pray for only the Holy Spirit, and I ask that you would use my spiritual gifts 
to teach and build up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Okay, you ready? Verse 10. Finally. Stop. That's it. Finally. What's happening here? Here's what he's been saying. Everything I've been writing about, everything I've been saying about who you are in Christ, what I've done, your inheritance, um, you know, what I've done as the king of kings is reigning, all about election, your love, everything I've been doing, who we are in Christ, in the heavenlies, it's all been leading to this. What we need to see right away in this word, finally, is like this topic on spiritual warfare uh, and conflict and the armor of God isn't like an afterthought. It's not like Paul was like, you know what, I just finished the stuff on marriage. Oh yeah, there's demons. We should talk about it. No, he's like all of this identity, all of what we've won in the spiritual realm, all of what I'm doing with the church. Now let me show you a verse that we don't often meditate on in Ephesians 3, right in the middle of what God's doing with the church. Here it is on the screen. Ephesians 3.10 says this, so that, so all the gospel and, and God filling us with his love and empowering us to be his church, he says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to, the, to who? The rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he was realized in Christ our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Notice that sentence, that that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to who? The rulers and authorities. Where? In the heavenly places. So here's what we just need to see out of the beginning. To Jesus and the authors of Scripture, the spiritual world is more real than the physical, than the natural. The, to Jesus and the authors of Scripture, the spiritual world is more true, more real in our everyday. I am astonished both in my own life in the past but also now as I talk to people how many people are unaware listen listen that we do not inhabit this earth but we cohabit we don't just inhabit but we cohabit with these spiritual beings in fact what the gospel is meant to show them in the unseen realm is not not only the glory of God for us but the glory of God to them and so, he, so here's what he says in Ephesians, after all this doctrine, after all these exhortations and the rebukes and the encouragement, and after I say, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and here's what the gospel is going to look like in your home and your family. He's like, now it's all been leading up to these verses. So what does he say? Finally, be strong in the Lord. Right? It's as if he's, it's as if he's saying something is threatening to undermine and subvert everything we've talked about. The stuff going on in your marriage that you're going to come up against when you love your wife as Christ loves the church, there's something underneath and ready to subvert everything we've talked about. So be strong in the Lord and put on the full armor of God. Why? Now here's verse 12. This is all I want to do basically with our time is convince you that verse 12 is in your Bible. Okay? That's what I want to do. It's in your Bible. Verse 12. He says this, for our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. He says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Okay, so this is my main goal. Namely, this is a real everyday battle. Demons are waiting for you to wake up. 
So my only goal today is with God's help is show you this from the scripture that it's real. And then I want to show us three levels that we're to be involved in winning in the unseen realm. So, so here's where I'm going. I'm going to show you that it's real, which I kind of already have been. And then I'm going to show you in scripture three levels we are to be engaged in winning spiritual warfare. All right? So, but it's real. It's, now here's what I want to say. It's real whether we, uh, you know, think about it or not. The truth is that we all face supernatural conflicts. We, we have a real opponent who wants nothing more than to touch every area of our lives, our families, our relationships, our identity, our church, our sexuality, our culture, our neighborhoods, our community where we work. And as we've taught over the last few years, you know this, that, that Demons and Satan are not the only evil influences against which we struggle, but let me say this, underneath all of it and entwined in throughout it are the fingerprints of the enemy. That's what Ephesians 6 is saying. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood alone. So since this is our base text, what I want to do is I want to slow down and I want to saturate in this. I want to make a few observations, and to do that, what I want to do is I want to read this verse again in a few translations, okay? So this will be more like classroom time but I really want us to see it. We can't go forward unless we really are convinced of this. So, here it is again. This is in the CSB. It says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. By the way, when you're talking to people and you're meeting with people, have that in mind. So they're going to share a struggle, and the first thought as followers of Jesus is, I know this is not just against flesh and blood. So then you're tuning into the Holy Spirit and going, where, what's, where is the enemy involved, okay? So, so here we go. For, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now watch this, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Here's, here's the living Bible. Uh, for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who ruled this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. That's a good translation. One Greek scholar, this won't be on the screen, but says this, For our wrestling match is not against flesh and blood, not against persons with bodies, but against rulers with various areas and defending orders of authority against the world dominators of the present darkness, against spiritual forces of the wickedness in the heavenly. So let me make a few observations. First, there is highly structured and well-organized, a, a, there, there is a highly structured and well-organized kingdom with descending orders of authority and different rulers and sub-rulers responsible for different areas, Okay. As God has led me in, in helping people get rid of demons, their influence and access and, and where they're coming in, and um, we've seen demons often come in hierarchy structures. What's interesting when you're dealing with demons, and we, we had one deliverance this week, and I'll share more about that next week, is that they come in like triangles. So you might deal with, for example, anger, a spirit of anger. And above him is a spirit named rage. And interestingly, I've never had this before. The last deliverance we did, one of the demonic spirits who was the leader in this hierarchy of sexual spirits 
said to the person, I'm the one who tells the rest what to do. Literally told him in that. Um, and I was like, you, that was such an interesting sentence. It's just Ephesians 6. Now I know you guys are, now you got questions. All right. Um, but let me say this. This is the reason we don't limit uh, or we can't limit spiritual conflict to one form of ministry. What you'll find is if you grew up in a church like I did, the major way we, you know, confront demonic spirits and this kind of thing is to just work on repentance, resistance, and, and turning to right belief about the gospel. That is a way we war. I mean, that's a sort of, that is a way we war. But because we have, we're dealing with principalities in different ways demons work, not a one form of ministry will fit every, every part of spiritual warfare. That's just really key to pull out from Ephesians 6. It's not that simple is what I'm trying to say, all right? All right. But here's my point. The enemy has multiple schemes, kingdoms, hierarchies, tactics, designs, and do you know what they are? Most of us would be like, including myself, I, I kind of know they work in the arena of lies and truth, but other than that, I don't know. But here's what's interesting. Scripture doesn't paint a picture of believers who don't know. It's my conviction as your pastor that never has there been a need to be present with Jesus in understanding these things. So, so let me show you a few verses. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he says this, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. So put Ephesians 6 together. What we're saying is that there are real designs. There are real plans. This just really just has to sit with us for a bit. That Satan has them. And Paul says that they know them. So turn this around for a moment, okay? Um, suppose we are ignorant of his designs, of the evil spirit's devices. Let me ask you this question. What will happen if we're ignorant of his designs? It's pretty obvious. We will get outwitted, right? He will, he will win. He'll take advantage. He'll get access. So we must know, we must learn both from Jesus and the disciples on deliverance and dealing with the unseen realm. We must know then what the Bible teaches on this to stand in victoriously in battle. Uh, here's what one pastor and counselor in this area, uh, he was actually connected to Moody Bible Institute. He says it this way, it is, it is a very human and natural response of man to fear the unknown. For a believer to keep himself in the dark about Satan's person and work is a dangerous mistake. If the enemy with whom we personally have so much to do in battle remains to us some mysterious, foreboding, awesome power we are afraid to oppose, we are indeed at a disadvantage. My whole point, just as we start, is that Paul wants the church to know this is what you're up against. We should know all we can about demonic tactics, their methods, attacks on us. And not only that, but we must know what the biblical basis of our victory, our authority over Satan and this world of darkness is. Why? Because Paul says it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
let me put it this way. The Bible, again, I've said this, doesn't paint a picture of believers. As, as some popular teaching says, believers who just, you know, just focus on God and don't think about the enemy and it'll all work out. We, we don't have that in Scripture. The apostles, Jesus, the disciples were aware when the demonic were involved. I mean, even when Jesus heals in it, the woman who's bent over for 18 years, he knows that's an inflicting spirit. And so he addresses the spiritual issue. And so um, l- l- let me say it this way. We are called to, and we're going to see this in this passage, we are called to be strategic and engaging the God of this world, pulling back the kingdom of darkness. It's interesting how, um, and I agree with this quote, but C.S. Lewis, a, a lot of you know, well-meaning pastors, and I think I've quoted this as well, um, will quote C.S. Lewis, and here's what C.S. Lewis says. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil. He says, one is to disbelieve in their existence. So that's one error. Doesn't even exist. Everything's natural. All my problems are just mental illness or emotional. I need counseling. So no spiritual realm. Or, he says, the other is to believe and feel the other is to be, to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in him. Now, I agree that we should not get into, like, learning Satanism and demonic stuff and going down that path, but what happens, I think, in the church is that we just go, let's not even look at it at all. Let's not even consider the spiritual conflict at all, and that's not what C.S. Lewis is, is, is saying, because this is what's really, really important, short church. Um, it's not like we get to choose if we go to battle or not. If you're in Christ Jesus, the enemy hates you. You have Jesus who's defeated him in you. You're getting brighter. Jesus is forming into the image of Jesus every time. Listen, every time you get into his presence, every time you open the word, that's why it's hard, by the way, to open the word. Every time you go to pray for someone, every time you go to make Jesus known or you share the gospel or you, or you bring a glass of water in Jesus' name, every time, you know what you're doing? You're doing that against another kingdom. The unseen realm is being dismantled by Jesus in you. When you speak, Jesus is speaking through you and has authority and the enemy knows it and he wants to thwart it. And so he just wants us to don't even know we're there. So let me say this. The conflict involves everyone. You can't say, uh, oh, spiritual warfare is not for me. You can't, you can't be like, you know what, I'll just, I'm just, you know, no unclean spirit is going, oh, hey, guys, that guy's not into all this stuff. Just leave him alone. No, you're just going to get killed, okay, in, in, in many ways. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks ahead. But, okay, sorry, I got fired up. I'm not meaning to yell at you. That's just passion, okay? All right, you guys know me enough. You're like, he's yelling. He's not. He's just fired up. I've just seen too many people go under so much torment um, for too long. And as a shepherd, I, I have a burden for it, okay? So let's talk. Um, three levels in Scripture that we are to be engaged in and to be strong in the Lord. And we're going to end on that verse. We're going to be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might for the purpose of engaging spirit, spirit forces of evil. 
Okay, so here's the, here the, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the order, and then I'm going to teach you the different realms, and then what we're going to do as we go through the armor of God, I'll show you where they show up in these three realms, okay? So these are the three biblical realms in which that we are to be engaged in winning in the unseen realm. You with me? Yes. Everyone give me the universal symbol that you are with me. Good, okay. Um, all right, here's the first. First realm we're called to be involved when it comes to winning in the unseen realm is uh, reaching unbelievers with the gospel. We're not only redeemed people, but we are redeeming people. We are for Christ. Our job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are called to win the lost for Jesus. This is a spiritual duty. Only Jesus can save people, but he uses the means. So how is this spiritual conflict? Well, we'll talk about it in a second. The second one is personal level. This is where most Christians will feel the attack the most. The third level of demonic warfare is, is just the everyday personal attacks from without. Then there is the Christian level, and I'll explain that later, where we help to free demonized Christians from demonization. And I'll explain that as well. But that one will be the most controversial. We'll do a whole sermon on that next week. The whole sermon next week will be, can a Christian have a demon and how does all that work? Um, but let me touch on each today because all we're doing is just kind of opening the can of this series, okay? So let me say this. Number one, ultimately, God is the sovereign king of heaven and earth. In fact, listen to this. All spiritual powers, including the ability for demons to be alive and however they exist, derive their life from God. Like he holds them somehow and allows them in the palm of his hand. He can do with them what he wills. He is victorious. So we are on the winning side. It's amazing. But as many passages show us, like Ephesians 6, God's allowed Satan and his demons to exercise significant influence on this world. So here's the first. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 4 reads like this, and this will be on the screen. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled. You veil me, you can't see. So they can't see the God. Their hearts are not coming and believing. It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who's, who is the image of God. So as we engage unbelievers and, and seek to share the good news of Jesus, we do so knowing that on spiritual warfare, that's one aspect. Jesus, Jebus, not Jebus, Jesus, even in his parable of, of sowing God's word, do you remember what the first event of the seed is? Do you remember what it is? What happens? One seed lands and what the bird snatches that. Who's the bird in, our, in, in evangelism and in, in spreading the word of God? Satan. So Satan hates when God brings his election purposes to being because it's more people that Jesus is in and his kingdom is over. He knows it. He knows on the cross and resurrection he lost. And so he does everything he can to blind their minds. In fact, even in missionary. So how many of you have ever wanted to go share the gospel with your neighbor or like at work and all of a sudden that morning you're fighting with someone and like you're just, it just, it goes wrong, you're tripping up. Like every CG leader who's ever like invited a friend over has the worst day ever. Guess why? This is why. This is spiritual warfare. 
This isn't like, oh, I just had a bad day. No, demons are trying to mess you up because you're going to bring the gospel to someone. Let me show you this in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 2.18 says, um, and I'm sure of all, and I'm sure all of us have had, oh wait, that's not the Bible. Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Where's the verse? Yes. Satan hindered us from coming. So that's one level of of armor, by the way, that we're called to bring the gospel of peace to. And demons, what they do is they cause confusion, resistance, hindering unbelievers from understanding the gospel. So let me say this. We have spiritual authority by having Christ in us to actually come against that blinding power. We can take control over those demons who are blinding their minds And we can even pray in Jesus' name that as I'm about to share with my friend, I forbid any blinding spirits or any demonic spirits present that are trying to keep this seed to not be able to blind. We have that authority. Now, ultimately, only Jesus saves people, but he uses means. He uses prayer. He uses our evangelism. He uses all of that. And I want you to think about where you live and and what you see on your Instagram feeds and like, like every you know, poster board in any coffee shop and in any library. And I want you to think how spiritually saturated with the demonic spiritualities and principalities our North Shore really, really is. I mean, you can't go, you know, too far on Instagram without seeing a feed of spiritual magic, spirituality, embracing your spirit side, embracing any kind of spiritual experiences as the true you. So that's one level. The enemy is at work to blind the mind and keep unbelievers from seeing the gospel. Second level of attack is personal. So these are attacks from without, meaning they're just constantly coming in to try to get you. Satan's ultimate enemy is God. He cannot hurt God, and so he hurts what God loves. He, he counterfeits. He sets up traps for us in hopes of gaining ultimate damage and, and access. Let me give you another verse, 2 Corinthians eleven three. Paul says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Not all your thoughts are from God or from you. Scripture says, take every thought captive and bring it to God. How much in the day have you said this question with Jesus, your friend, is that thought from you? If you just live your life with unfiltered thoughts, demons, you're just, what you're doing is just opening the window. Here, unfiltered window, you can have access. And I will, the power of a lie is what you agree, if you agree with it. And if you're not discerning, is that from the Lord, then you're going to get hit. Um, I would say this is the main struggle we find ourselves engaged in and the one that the armor of God addresses the most. But let me say this. Satan's goal is through deception to entice believers to sin or commit any act which quenches the Holy Spirit in their lives. He cannot uh, actually condemn you. Jesus loves you and he's forgiven you and he's clothed you in his righteousness. All the armor are the gospel attributes of Christ over you. But he can, in making you doubt it, trip on it, not believe it, lessen your effectiveness in glorifying God. Jesus said the enemy came to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He's always looking for any area in your life, in your children's life, any hidden sin. 
or any painful experience in your past that was done to you. He's looking for any pain, any wound, any struggle with your flesh to aggravate, to influence, to steal what belongs to Jesus. So the demonic realms desire us to find any area of our lives that they can attach themselves to and torment. One passage we'll look at with greater depth next week, but I'll share it with you this week, is Ephesians 4.27 says this, watch this, be angry and do not sin. So it's not a sin to get angry, there's sometimes you've got to be angry, but, but what does he say? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You have to process that anger with Jesus. You have to You have to bring the truths to the gospel. If you have unprocessed anger, if you have unprocessed stuff in your soul, what can happen is you, it says in in the the ESV, you give opportunity to the devil. That's what your Bible says. One translation, because the Greek word for this, this phrase is the word topos, which we get the word topography. So some say give no place to the devil. Another says don't give the devil a foothold. Demons are always looking for sin handles. They're always looking for wound handles, unforgiveness, bitterness, lies, self-hate. They are just trying to find any handle so that they can continue to influence and get our eyes off Jesus. So, so let me say this. We have the world and the flesh. The enemy is behind all of it. There's kingdoms and principalities behind it. He looks for weaknesses, but if you imagine like a three-string rope, so you have the world, which is influencing us, the, the flesh, and then Satan just winds himself in there, and it gets tricky. Um, Ray Stedman in his book, Spiritual Warfare, says it really well, though. He says this, we often hear the idea, quote, the enemies of the Christian are the world, the flesh, and the devil, as though these were three equally powerful enemies. But there are not three. There's only one enemy, the devil, as Paul brings out in Ephesians 6. But the channels of his approach to men are through the world and the flesh. It's interesting, if you actually read Paul, and we believe that we're actually dead to sin and and the world. So the enemy raises up the dead, to bring up the old us and to make, it's just this mud pie. Um, So let me say this, on this level of warfare, demons do their best work with deceit, lies, thoughts that take your focus off the truths of Jesus or the beauties of Jesus. Um, Think about it this way, and the Holy Spirit, I think, gave me this this morning. If, If the Holy Spirit is producing what in us? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The demonic realm produces the opposite. So whenever you begin to feel or think in your mind or heart self-hate, depression, depression kind of thinking, fear. So if you've ever had a suicidal thought, even come out out of nowhere where you're just driving and you hear drive into the tree, or if you've ever had a murderous thought, or had a thought of rage, or worry, or pride, on and on and on, and what I don't, I don't mean by like a random one-time thought, I mean like a dripping faucet, like you'll come into church, and you'll just have sexual thoughts, and you'll be like, what is wrong with me, or you'll, you, you will just all of a sudden not be able to go to bed, because you just have this weird feeling of rage, 
or tremendous anxiety or insecurity. One girl that, who goes to our church, she's going to give her testimony. She would wake up every day and hear, you're not good enough. Every day, dripping faucet, condemnation, condemnation. God doesn't love you. You're, you failed your family. Every day she woke up, a demon would lie to her. And finally, at one point, she saw the demon in her mirror, and we were to come over there, and we got to do a few things. I'll let her share her testimony. She's totally free, doesn't have a thought after we kick those spirits out. But imagine if you got to that spirit when that trauma happened at age 13. But for, but for 20 or so years, this demon was allowed to go, you, you. She's read every single book she could on gospel identity. She's been to every conference. She worships and prays. She comes to church. She can't wait but this dripping thought. So what I'm saying is not, we have tools of the kingdom around spiritual warfare that we need to use and access. Not all problems are emotional only. Not all problems are mental only. Some problems are spiritual, and if they are, then I, I, I do think medication is really, really helpful. I do think counseling therapy is really, really beautiful. I do think inner healing and, and biblical counseling is needed, but I also think we don't stop there. We're body, soul, and spirit. Okay. Third way is gaining ground and getting access and but we'll hit that all next week, okay? Because I'm running out of time. And uh, so let me say this, okay? This is, what, this is how I want to kind of close and move into our time as we, as we close this, this sermon. It's really important, okay? So everyone look at me. If you're fading, it's fine. I love you. I'm used to it. You should see my kids. You should see my kids at house church. They don't even listen. Um, it is so important that we, are, we never fear Satan or demons, okay? Never fear the demonic realm. You need to know they are really actually afraid of you. It's so important. Neither Jesus, now just scan through what you know about the Gospels, nor the apostles ever showed the slightest fear of Satan. Satan is not God's opposite. Satan's opposite is the archangel Michael. The Bible calls us rather to stand firm, submitting to God. Let me show you two verses. James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's... that's that will happen. 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Why do we need to be watchful? And maybe that should be the title of this sermon. Because your adversary, the devil, the demonic realm, the principalities, the powers of the air, these really organized kingdoms prowl around you like a roaring lion. This a roaring lion is one that's like fully engaged. A lion that's roaring is not distracted seeking someone to devour. He wouldn't say that if it wasn't possible for the church to get devoured. This is a letter, you got to remember, to the body of Christ. These are two believers. What does he say, though? Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing this is the best. So if you're like, man, I thought my life, I, I, I'm scared, because here's what demons will say. Demons will tell you, don't share that. 
Don't share that strange sexual experience that you just thought in your mind. Don't strange that deep pain that happened to you uh, in middle school. Don't share that, that word your mom spoke over you that you relive every single... Don't share that. It's too shameful. But what you need to hear is everyone has heard those things. And what's going on with you in the spiritual realm is actually experienced by the brotherhood where? Throughout the world. There's not one believer who has not been inflicted by spiritual warfare. Got it? Yes. Good. I'm just, that's all my goal is. Okay. Let me go back to do not fear demons. In ultimate reality, demons fear Jesus in us. So let me say it this way. Evil spirits are desperately afraid we will discover who we are and that we will make life difficult for them. Because here's what demons are like. Demons are like rats, okay? One of the things you'll learn next week is that like rats and garbage. If you have garbage in your life that's undealt with, the rats come. So the way to get the rats out isn't just to kick out the rats. You have to deal with the garbage. You have to deal with some of this stuff of why they're there. They're feasting on wounds and unconfessed sin and secrets and all that stuff. And if you deal with that, you bring that into the light, they have nothing to feast on. You kick them out when it comes to that kind of warfare. Now, what demons are, are they like, they're like mice and elephant. Okay, like mice that bluff an elephant, what they do is they love to create fear in us to make them feel like they're much more powerful than us. That's what they do, but they're not. Christ in you, you have, this is a biblical too. What, is, what does the Bible say? You guys probably memorized this if you grew up in church. Greater is he who is in you, right, than he who is in the world. Demons do not want Christ in us to keep doing what Jesus came to do. Let me say that again. The demonic realm does not want Jesus to keep doing what Jesus came to do. And this is what we do. We bring Jesus's life, Jesus's love everywhere we go. And when we're doing that, it's not on neutral territory. We're doing that on the God of this world's territory. That's why we experience spiritual warfare. If we weren't making a dent in the kingdom of darkness, the demons leave us alone. I mean, if they have Jesus in us, we're, he's going to be bright. Anyways, always remember victorious God. Okay, as we go into this series, always remember, man, God is victorious. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of darkness, there's not, it's, you have to think of warfare as not as a tug of war, but rather like a chain of command. When we go into times where we're like as pastors maybe we're dealing with demonic spirits it's to me just so you know i'm not doing tug of war i'm it's just chain of command it's just a matter of getting you up and out when that enemy and i can tell when he's lying to me it's not like oh we're gonna fight this one right now unless it's really sunk into a sin habit that i have then i have to bring that sin habit up to jesus and then it's chain of command Sam Storms, he put it this way, don't ever think of yourself at one end of a rope and Satan at the other, both of struggling to overpower the other. No, he says, you are in Christ who is over all. Satan is beneath you in Jesus' name. Amen? God is victorious. So let me leave you with the greatest command at the beginning of this, which is going to be answered for us in the rest of the verses, so I would encourage you to meditate, study, grab your own books on, on Ephesians 6, but here's how we're going to end today. It says this, Ephesians 6, 10, finally, be strong in the Lord. This is how he starts, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
This literally means it's in the passive, be strengthened, uh, be made strong. Now, let me say this, on its own, that's a dangerous and often used tactic of the enemy. The enemy will say, you're not strong enough. You'll actually hear that sometimes, and that's not true. But taken on its own, self-reliance in spiritual warfare is suicidal. Meaning this, the enemy wants, by saying to you, you're not strong enough, um, automatically you focus on what? Your strength or God's? Yours. So when you feel you're not strong enough, the tactic is focus on your strength. The moment you try to do spiritual warfare in your strength, it's not going to go well. Paul's like, "Mm mm-mm, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. I love this. Uh, One commentator said, the source of the strength is more specifically defined as existing in the strength of the Lord's might. Love that. Existing in the strength of the Lord's might. That is who you are, a follower of Jesus. You are existing with Christ in you. Thus he says, Paul says, affirms that believers have access to this vast divine power which has already proved itself sufficient to overcome powerful diabolic opposition. So again, remember, it's not a tug of war. Our strength in the victorious God is where we stand. Okay, the troops of Jesus find their strength in their general Jesus. When God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, what is he grounded in? Do you remember in Joshua, he says, for, for what? The Lord your God is with you. You have the Lord your God in you. wherever you go, be strengthened. When David, I don't know if you remember, was being tossed around in fear that the people were going to stone him um, after this big coup and all this stuff. In 1 Samuel 36, we read this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. In 2 Chronicles twenty fifteen, it says, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. Why? For the battle is not yours, but God's. When demons go after God's children, it's like he's going after him. God will not let you slip. You, we will get beat up and thrown around and beaten if we allow and are not aware of what the Bible has given us the Bible for. But when you begin to take spiritual authority, when you begin to detect the lie, when you begin to engage in the spiritual realm as much as the physical. So here's what I'm saying, short church. Nothing changes in all the things we've been learning as a church, the gospel and preaching and I mean, all our gifts. Like it's all, but just being aware of a, the other unseen realm will help us as we advance the kingdom of God in the realm of the kingdom of the God of this world. When Jesus returns... It's because Satan's done. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me give you two more. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 18. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. The Lord, Psalm 28, says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I can't wait to tell you about the armor of God because it's actually God's armor. 
Um, my heart trusts in him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart exalts and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength. He is a saving defense to his anointed. Let me say this. The key to spiritual winning in the unseen realm, the key to walking with a victorious God is your friendship with God. That's the key. One of the greatest enemy's tactic is to make you feel like he's not for you and he's not your friend. And that's not true. Friendship with God, intimacy with him is one of the first keys to being strong in the Lord. Because as you, as you press into the things that we become strong in the Lord, and as we learn how do we do this, we put on the armor, as we learn that like we have to walk with certain biblical truths that are forever flowing in our veins, they never end. You know, through praise and worship, we're going to learn how do we, how do we fight some of this stuff through, through being with one another, through fasting and prayer and putting, like, we're, we're going to learn a lot of this stuff, but this stuff isn't stuff we do. It's stuff that we get to join our friend in. There's a real kingdom, and it's really, really here, and if you wake up knowing you're loved and you're walking with your friend and he's putting on himself in his armor and you're going into your day with your friend Jesus, listening, where do you want to advance? Who do you want to share Christ with? What's underneath that? So now before I share the gospel, I'm praying, God, open their eyes. Jesus, if there's any demons there, I command them to stop. That's you doing what Jesus did. Jesus walked in spiritual authority, and then he gave his authority to his disciples, and then he gave his authority in Matthew 28 to his church. So we're actually called to walk in this new authority. All right. I don't know how long that was. I'm so sorry. I love you guys. Let me pray. And Jesus, I just thank you so much for this time. I, I feel more like we're out for dinner than I am trying to preach a good sermon. And I really, really care about our church. I really, really care about those in this room. I really believe that nothing is apart from your sovereign hands. And so, Lord, if there uh, were, were things that you showed some of us in this room, I pray we wouldn't believe the lie that that wasn't from you. Some of the stuff we, we heard in our minds, we, th we might struggle that we don't think you like us. And that's from the enemy. Because your word says nothing can separate us from your love. That there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That we are, like your word says that we are precious children of God. Lord, that we can boldly approach the throne. That you love to show us your love. You are a father that lavishes love. You are the, you are the father that runs out to greet us. And I thank you, God, that you who began a good work will bring it to completion no matter the opposition. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us stand firm. I pray that we would feel strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And as the next sentence says, put on the full armor of God, all the pieces fully, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So I ask Jesus that you would show us this week where our wrestle in the unseen realm is. 
pull the veil, help us see, and give us supernatural moments where we are walking in gospel truth and power. So lead us, Lord, lead us even this afternoon. If there's any ministry that you want us to do, we ask that you would lead that whole time. And so, Lord, we're excited about a series where we get to celebrate the victory of the cross in every realm, including the angelic one, the one that Ephesians 3 says we are to display Christ to. And so we love you, Jesus. Just come now and just fill our worship, fill our hearts. Even as we, you know, smell our own bad breath and sing, I just pray that we would really feel your presence now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, please stand, masks on, and let's uh, respond in worship. And what we'll do is we're not going to respond the way we have in the past, um, where we'll go for prayer right now. After this sermon, we'll have a time for Q&A, and we'll record that Q&A and, and, sh- and play it for those who are watching. Uh, and then we're going to go in time of ministry. So we will spend some, if there's no questions, then we'll just go right into a time of just praying for one another. You don't have to stay, but if you know you'd love to receive prayer, or maybe the Holy Spirit actually, while I was talking, you looked over and you felt like, I should pray for that person today. <laughs> Whatever it was, uh, we're going to give us space and time just to minister together. Um, and yeah, let me say as we close, one of the things as, uh, as we go into a series like this is... Paul will close in verse uh, around 17, 18 with this, this sentence, praying at all times in the Spirit. And we really, really need to fight and walk by the Spirit. And I think one of the aspects of warfare we forget our greatest ally is the Spirit of God. And oftentimes we, we go in our flesh. And so we're going to sing a song we haven't sung before where we're gonna actually sing and ask the Holy Spirit to fall afresh on us. And, and whatever the Lord's been doing this, in you this morning, I just encourage you to put out your hands like this when you're, it's like just, just an act of receiving as you sing this song, okay? All right, let's stand and sing. <laughs>